Good morning. Welcome to the Ruble household. We're sheltering here in place, but ready for worship today. So glad that you're with us. Hey, uh, last week was really fun when people added their pictures and comments uh, off on the comment side of the Facebook page. If you want to do that today, that would be great as well. We love seeing how you're worshiping, who you're with each each Sunday. Uh, if you have trouble with the video today, we want to let you know that we're on four different platforms. We're on Facebook. We're on YouTube. We're on the web and we're on our app. So if you have any any difficulty with the with the uh, worship this morning, feel free to go to a different platform and check it out from there. I'm ready to worship. Hope you are too. Let's get started.
incredibly cool that we can worship together virtually uh, through technology. What, a, what an incredible thing. Uh, it's, it has occurred to me as I've thought about this virtual experience a number of times that when we worship together virtually, uh, it, it really gives us just a taste and a look forward to the time that we'll be able to worship together again at the North Point facility as one body. That's going to be so great. But that's, that uh, has some similarities to our anticipation of what it will be like when we worship in the presence of God eternally together. That's going to make worship at North Point just pale in comparison. I, I can't wait. It's, uh, it's something that we can look forward to with great anticipation. Hey, we're glad you're here. Uh, we hope, if you would, at this point, to just let us know that you're, that you're connected with us. Take out the North Point app. Uh, on the, on that homepage down about the third tab on the, on the, that page is the let's connect piece. And just click on that. If you would, uh, sign in, let us know that you're here, that you're worshiping with us. You can communicate things, ask for more information. Be sure and let us know if, um, if you make any kind of decision to follow Jesus or if you, or, or if you need more information about anything, you can do that on that, on the let's connect tab as well. 
uh, fill that out right now and, uh, and then hit send and we're good to go. There's a phrase in scripture that, that uh, is used about Jesus' birth that's kind of an interesting phrase. It says, in the fullness of time, God sent his son. Uh, he had everything ready for just that moment in time for Jesus to come to earth. It, it occurred to me this week that uh, that's true about what's going on right now as well. Can you imagine if if the virus had happened, if the pandemic had happened 30 or 40 years ago, when everything would have been dependent upon telephone or stamp mail? It would have been impossible for us to meet together like this. But in the fullness of time, God was ready. He knew that we were going to be able to meet just like this this morning. Uh, he has us in the, in the palm of his hand and is taking care of us in, in incredibly cool ways. We're going to move into a special time of worship that that I I just think it's an incredible thing to be able to give. Um, we're we're going to collect our offering. We're going to do it virtually, uh, electronically. I hope that that you've been able to give that way before. If not, um, all you need to do is send a message, uh, a text message to seven seven nine seven seven that says NCC Give, and it will take you in just a couple of very easy steps to be able to give electronically. I want to encourage you to let this really be a part of your worship, that if you just would take a moment, even if you're set up for recurring electronic gifts, to think, God, I trust you with everything I have, and I know that you're going to provide for me at this point in time and in the coming days. Now's not the time uh, to be a hoarder. Now's not the time to be a miser. Now's the time to be generous, because God has been so generous with us. As a church, we're facing some uh, interesting uh, times in the future financially with everything that's going on with the economy, just like you. And uh, and I just want to encourage you to trust God, to give uh, as God has blessed you, and uh, we'll use that wisely, uh, that the kingdom might expand around the the world and here in mid-Michigan. There's There are going to be some incredible opportunities for us. Uh, as people face needs because of lost jobs, that kind of thing. And, um, and we're excited about being able to help. Thanks so much for giving. Let me, let me just pray right now for our offering. God, take what we give today and bless it. Use it for your glory, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Hey, good morning, North Point. Welcome to week three of uh, North Point Digital. We are in our Powered series, and our production crew was just joking a little bit about the fact that our entire Powered series has been done uh, digitally, which is requiring power. And I don't know. We just thought that that was kind of interesting. We were just trying to say welcome. Uh, obviously, we're living through some uh, unprecedented times, and, and hopefully you are well aware that uh, North Point uh, is praying for us, is praying for you. And when I say North Point, I don't mean just staff. I'm talking like North Point, the people of North Point. We are a people of prayer, and we're, we're praying. And so that's just hopefully an encouragement to you. Um, I spent some time this last week with my life group uh, digitally online, of course, using Zoom, and uh, just talking through some of the challenges with uh, our current uh, situation. And one of the challenges, this whole working from home thing, uh, when having lots of little kids in the house, is a little bit of uh, difficulty. Uh, hard to get maybe everything done that you used to get done. So we were we were kind of chatting through that. And one of the challenges that I'm experiencing in this working from home scenario is I never realized how much I would snack all day long if I were just at home. And so uh, I find myself snacking uh, way too much. It's kind of one of my struggles. Matter of fact, I would really like to start using the hashtag Corona made me fat. 
but I, maybe too soon, I, I don't know. But uh, uh, I, I digress. For, for the next 20 minutes, we don't really want to talk about corona. What I really want to do is take this next look at the book of Ephesians in this series that we're in that we're calling Powered. So if you have your app, why don't you open that right now? If you've not done so already, there are some uh, ways to follow along in there. Uh, there's also uh, uh, the scriptures will be on there. And so that's just a good place to be. If you don't have the app, uh, feel free to grab a Bible. We're going to be in Ephesians chapter uh, two this morning. Uh, this idea of power, where we want to look at it today is this concept of transformation and really the power of transformation. And I know that we've all experienced transformation at some point in our lives. Maybe it was a physical, like hashtag Corona made me fat, or, or maybe it was losing a bunch of weight. Maybe the transformation was intellectual. You didn't know something uh, about an area of life and you spent a lot of time working to study that and understand it more and master it and now that's just second nature to you. Or maybe the transformation was uh, emotional. Maybe for you, a crippling anxiety was part of your makeup and then you did some really good work through that over some seasons and now uh, you've got really a handle and you function real well. So transformation is part of our experience and my, my sense is that we've all had that. Uh, the author of Ephesians, though, I think lays out the hugest transformation of all about who we are in Jesus. And that's what we want to look at this morning. So Ephesians chapter 2, starting in verse 1, it says this. It says, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even though we were dead in transgressions, it's by grace that you've been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace that you've been saved through faith. It's not from yourselves. It's a gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. This section is really rich, and I wish we had a lot more time to spend just looking into it. But just to to take just a a small nibble out of it, this picture of transformation in verses 1 through 3, it's the who you were, the who I was, the who we were before we knew Jesus. And then in verses 5 through 10, it's the who you are now in Jesus, this transformation of what you were or who you were to, to what you are now because of this, this relationship with Jesus. And so I just want to look at six transformations that we experience as folks who have an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ. Here's the first transformation. It says, you were dead. Dead is really uh, this picture of meaninglessness. It's not talking necessarily physical death, but this idea of a life without purpose or a life with no point, just a meaningless existence. He says that's who you were, but now you are alive. The transformation is an opposite. It's now you are alive, and alive is the sense of having deep meaning. There's significant purpose to who you are and what you do. In Jesus, our lives transform from death, meaninglessness, into this sense of life and purpose. Second transition is this idea. It says that, that you used to live in sin. 
Uh, a better word for live would really be walk because there is some sense of an intentional choice to be in that. Uh, this idea of walking or, or actively chasing down sin, actively chasing a sin-filled life. Really, you didn't have any other option. That was the only option, but you were active in that option. The transformation is from live in sin is versus live in grace. And that's where we are as Christ followers. We live in grace. Grace points to this, this uh, past event with a continued result. That past event is Jesus dying for us and raising from the dead. That's the past event. And we still walk in that grace. So that's why guilt and shame really have no place in the life of a Christ follower. That's not part of our makeup. And when I say guilt, I'm not talking about like conviction of sin. That's part of it. We have the Holy Spirit living us who reminds us when we're living in ways that don't please God. But I'm talking about that guilt-shame cycle that Satan throws at us, makes us feel bad, even though we know we're forgiven. Like Satan comes and starts throwing guilt and shame at us. And that's just not part of who we are as Christ followers. The third transition, uh, transformation, is this concept. It says that you used to follow the ways of the world. So outside of a relationship with Jesus, what else was there? You just followed along the ways of the world. The picture here is really doing life like the world does or valuing what the world values or functioning like the world functions. Uh, uh, the, the, the word picture that's being painted is to be uh, blindly following along. Kind of like lemmings. Uh, a, a current uh, phrase that I use a ton is this idea of fear does not have to be part of a Christ follower's life, but fear is very much part uh, of a life outside of Jesus, like not knowing Jesus. Fear is part of that life. That we, we followed the ways of the world outside of knowing Jesus, but this transformation that comes in knowing Christ is that we're now seated with Christ in the heavenly realms, That's some good words there, like with and in. Like we're seated with Christ. Ephesians literally says we were raised and seated with him. Those are phrases that connote intentionality, invitation, that you're part of what's happening. You're not just an outsider looking in, but in this relationship with Jesus, this transformation comes that you are part of it, an integral part. Maybe a word we'd use right now in our culture is you are essential. Like, that is who we are. You have a seat at the table. You're not a drone or a lemming just blindly following along. Rather, you are a being. That's massive transformation. Fourth transformation we see, I think, in these these short verses in Ephesians. It says that you used to live uh, gratifying the flesh. Like, that that's what you did was gratify the flesh. Basically, simply put, it just means you did whatever made me happy. That was the highest uh, goal. Maybe the phrase that was used is, I'm just living my best life at the expense of anyone else around me, right? I have become the standard of what is good and, and what should be decided. If it benefits me, then that's what we'll do. And that's how people live outside of having experienced this transformation of a relationship with Jesus. But the verse here, gratifying the flesh versus doing what God has created me to do. Like, no longer am I the standard, but God and what he's created for me to do, that's the standard. Right? This idea of living for an audience of one. Right? And the best part of this is this is what really brings lasting fulfillment and, and true uh, sense of satisfaction. 
like the world outside of Jesus, they, they, they strive to live for self and they think that somehow that brings fulfillment, but that really just leaves an empty hole. There's really no satisfaction in that. But, but this transformation that happens that causes us to live and understand what it is that God would have us do brings a complete fullness and wholeness to us. We might say being the you that God created you to be. That's satisfaction. The, the fifth transformation that we see, it says that outside of a relationship with Jesus, we deserve wrath. Literally, we deserve only uh, wrath. Uh, wrath is literally this concept of, of anger or punishment or judgment. And this is what we deserve outside of a relationship with Jesus. But the transformation is that we've instead been given a gift, given a gift of grace, right? We deserve only wrath is how we were versus given a gift of grace. What we deserved is not what we were given. Thank God, right? I often hear this phrase from people. They say, God's not fair. And I immediately always think, well, do you really want him to be? Like, do you really want God to be fair? Because fair would mean giving me what I deserve, which is wrath. No, no, I'm, I'm happy that God isn't fair. I'll take that grace gift instead. Here's the sixth transformation. And I, I love this one. This is super interesting to me because it says uh, in that first part, it says that you were like the rest. You're just like everybody else. Uh, literally, if we translated that, it would be the idea of the remaining ones or common or leftovers. Now, I don't want to push that too hard and because and, God loves people. He loves all people, and I'm not saying he doesn't. But there is this just tone to this language of the remaining ones being like uh, outside of Jesus, it's like leftovers. It's it's them. And so there is this magic transformation that happens in a relationship with Jesus where no longer are you just like the rest, but rather you are God's handiwork. That's a rich word. An ESV version of the Bible says God's workmanship. In Greek, it's literally the word poema. We get our English word poem from that. So it, it, it brings up the feelings and the images of art. Like we are unique as a work of art, so different from all the rest. But, but even that concept of art doesn't fully capture that word because the intent here is that we're not just art to hang on a wall or sit on a table to be admired, but rather we're more like an amazing creation. Like this transformation happened, we were just like the rest, but now we're this amazing creation or this invention or, or this uh, innovative design to carry out a function and change culture as we know it. That's what that idea of being God's handiwork or workmanship is like. And as God's handiwork, we do have function and purpose and need to engage. Art sits on a table. Christ gives us purpose and meaning. There's work for he's created to, uh, created for us to do, his creation to do, and that's who we are. Folks, that's massive transformation. And I know we went through that quick, but that's good stuff right there. And here's the key to this entire thing is there's a, a but, but. But, but, in verse 4, this entire thing hinges on verse 4. Because we were, verses 1 through 3. We are, verses 5 through 10. But everything hinges on verse 4. Look at what it says. It says uh, right here, But because of his great love for us, God. But God. The, the, the message, uh, the ESV, English Standard Version of the Bible, says it this way. It says, but God, being rich in mercy. 
if we were to take those words and tear them apart to their literal, literal Greek, it would read like this. Because of the great love with which God loved us. Like, like God doubled down on love. But God, we would not be transformed. We it would be no hope. We would be left in those, those six things from verses 1 through 3. But God intervened. He doubled down because of his great love for us, sent us Jesus. He, he loved us so much, he made a way for us to be transformed. No longer one of the rest, but really his special, unique innovation. And that's where the power is. In that transformation, buried in verse 4, between a bunch of descriptions of what we were to who we are now in this relationship of Christ. It's interesting because if, if you want to con- convince someone, and, and I, don't, I don't like that phrase, but if you want to convince someone uh, of the reality of Jesus, I say tell them, or, or even better yet, show them this transformation that Jesus has wrought in your life. That's the best way to, to, to talk about who Jesus is. Not only the transformation that he wrought in your life, but he continues to work in you daily as he continues to grow you. You know, back in the day, uh, Emily, my wife, and I, we loved this TV show. It's called The Biggest Loser. And if I'm honest, uh, we would sit and watch that show while we would eat our uh, Biggest Loser snack. It's actually what we called it. And uh, there's nothing like watching a show about physical weight loss transformation while eating a stack of junk food. Uh, our, our favorite week was the, the one right after they left the ranch. Uh, no more yelling from Jillian and Bob. They went home for a few weeks, and, and then the camera would come back to them a few weeks later, and it would join them, and, and their transformation was almost always astounding. Like often we would sit on the couch and we'd be like, hey, which one was that? Because they were so physically different. Like from what they were physically to what they were now physically was absolutely amazing. And because we hadn't seen them for a few weeks, that transformation just seemed so much larger. You know, The Biggest Loser, that TV show, was one of the highest-rated reality TV shows of all time, not because of the great workout routines or because of the riveting dialogue or the human drama. It was compelling because of the major transformation we saw in the lives of people. Friends, that's us. If we know Jesus, we've had transformation that far outweighs any physical change. We've gone from death to life. We've gone from sin to grace. We've gone from in the world to in Christ. We've gone from living our best to living God's best. We've gone from deserving wrath to being given a gift of grace. We've gone from being just like the rest to being God's unique innovation. I say, guys, North Point, whoever's watching this, like, let that put some pep in your step this week, right? And we'll see you again real soon in person and even sooner digitally. Have a great week, North Point.